Hello to all of my friends at Survivor.com. It's me, Mario. <laughs> you guys, number one. Hey listeners, it's Lenny Thomas here, coming to you from Survivor, and we've got a very special edition of the Friendly Fire show for you guys today. Yes, that's right, we have Diana, aka Miss Deus Geek, on the show, and I had a great opportunity to, to chat with her all things video games, particularly looking at women in games, things like representation, and what else can be done to make sure that the gaming industry is reflecting those who are playing the games. So without further ado, check out our fantastic chat. Alrighty, well, um, Diana, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Really excited to chat all things games and particularly look at women in games. Uh, So I thought it'd be great to start off uh, just by getting a bit of background on you, your sort of role in the gaming community, and One thing I love to chat about with women in games particularly is how did you even get into games? I know for me personally, I attribute it all to Mm -hmm. my older brother. I don't think I would have been the games fanatic I am without having an older brother and, you know, sneaking away to play on his PlayStation 1 when he wasn't looking. Uh, So, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. um, Well, I essentially... I'm a doer of many things and aware of many hats uh, when it comes to games. Um, I run a blog or a website where I review games. I'm a streamer and a content creator. Uh, I'm a social media influencer. And now, most recently, I'm essentially an advocate for um, diversity and inclusivity in games. So I do work a lot um, with brands and communities to try and encourage more inclusion and accessibility when it comes to games. And so, yeah, things like this, talking about women in games is super, super amazing because I think we need to have, you know, more focus on, on girls gaming and that there are a lot of women in games and representation matters. So yeah, just do all sorts um, when it comes to games. I don't just play games. Um, I play games badly, though. I have to represent with that. I am terrible and I'm an absolute noob when it comes to playing games. But um, I do everything else outside as well. Lovely. Um, And yeah, as you sort of touched on something I really admire about you and love is how you really are an advocate for women in games. You do a lot of great work um, and I'd love to sort of highlight uh, your non-for-profit community group, Women of Xbox. Um, and I'd love to sort of hear you talk about mm-hmm. that a bit more and particularly look at, I guess, the importance of having safe spaces for women to be able to really come together in the gaming community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Women of Xbox really was my almost a turning point in my career in games. Um, I started seeing a lot of disparity between you know, who's gaming, who's feeling comfortable as a gamer publicly. Um, I worked with a lot of women and young girls um, when I was kind of teaching, um, streaming one-on-one classes and trying to get more girls feeling comfortable playing games as well as uh, looking at games as a a viable career path. Um, So I started to hear a lot of conversations of women saying, you know, they... uh, they hide their personas when they play um, publicly, when they play online. They Some of them even use voice changes so that, that no one will know that they're, you know, a girl or a female. Um, 
And there were a lot of harassment and abuse when it comes to, you know, females playing games online. I myself have had that where I, you know, used to play games online and would have uh, guys come into the chat and just, you know, ultimately assume that I must be bad. I mean, I am, granted, I am, <laughs> um, but they assumed it right off the bat. And, you know, they, it was constant name calling, uh, telling me that I couldn't ever play competitive because of gender. Uh, and that's conversations that really resonated in the female gaming community, because if you talk to any uh, female gamer, you'll hear that kind of story. It's, you know, we, we don't like playing games online with other people. We don't like talking publicly about our love for video games because it kind of doesn't feel right to talk about our love for video games because gaming is a boy's thing. Um, even, you know, in the sense of young girls, the um, there was one moment when I was teaching um, at a technology lounge, uh, looking after kids and kind of teaching them how to play games and stream and things like that. Um, and mom and her two children, a boy and a girl, came in to sign up for the class. And the boy was super excited. He just ran in, went straight to the Xbox and was playing games right away with all the other boys. The mom turned and asked, oh, would you like to you know, join your brother? I'll pay for you. And she just went, but there are no girls here. And that that moment just broke my heart because it was it was a school holidays. What else is she going to do other than you know hang out with her mom for the rest of the day or go to another holiday program which wasn't maybe gaming related? Um, and just hearing her just say that it was because there were no other girls there. That was the major kind of spark for me to really start looking at what we can do in the industry to help empower these girls to pursue what they love because I'm sure like me there are, and like you yourself um, there are many girls out there who love video games who are passionate about video games but don't necessarily want to talk about it and so that's kind of where I obviously as an Xbox fan and I love everything Xbox I thought okay well I will put together a community group to try and get these women and girls and, and anyone really who feels like they are underrepresented or uh, aren't really part of the gaming community to kind of come together and support one another. Not only do you represent women in games, but also, you know, the region of Australia and New Zealand, because I think typically when we talk about video games, it's countries like the USA or the UK that get a lot of media coverage. And I guess the culture of gaming largely looks at the culture within those areas. Uh, so I guess, yeah, as someone who works closely with Australia and New Zealand um, and as an Australian myself, I would really love to hear your take, um, I guess, firstly on the Australian and New Zealand gaming scene. And if you think that the way women are supported in that environment is better or worse than say somewhere like the US and the UK and if you think that there is much work being done to make sure those women are supported in Australia and New Zealand. Mm, um, it's an interesting question because obviously the US and the UK and Europe in general it, it's a larger market and so I think it's easier to support female gamers there because there's so many of them there's much more of them they're more visible um, and I think the resources are there to support these women by getting, you know, maybe uh, women in games initiatives. I know that there are big organizations based out of the US and Europe um, around empowering girls and empowering women who play games, um, like the Women in Games 
initiative there's the game hers there's there's all these different organizations in those regions but in terms of australia and new zealand i actually haven't really come across any one specific organization i mean there are small ones there was the um WUM ANZ um that was created quite a while back um i haven't really seen all that much of it lately then there's also empress gaming which is a new collective uh, mostly focused around empowering female gamers but more on the esports side of things and so there are small little you know organizations popping up here and there to kind of help girls in our region and women in our region but nothing on that similar scale to the US and Europe and i think that it it's um it's really interesting because we have the brands here we have the publishers we have major companies all based in australia and new zealand who could really do a lot of good i don't know i feel like it's more on us over here to do something rather than on these organizations these bigger organizations um you know a lot of these smaller groups that i was talking about has come about because someone in the community has realized that there's a gap and said wait a minute why aren't we doing something so i think that there's there's a lot of room for improvement i think that you know it'd be nice to see like for example xbox do something really focused in our region for women um but therein lies the problem because then you'll have uh the males going oh why you know why can't we get something like this we deserve it too and they do rightly so they do because they are gamers but the problem the problem here is we need more representation of women because there aren't enough of it whereas you know when you you think of gaming you immediately think it's a boys thing the marketing is a lot of males being uh, shown in you know the the poster images the ads it's always a guy playing video games it'll be nice to see more more girls more women more people of color um especially in our region because that that's a whole another conversation uh people of color aren't very much the core focus in australia and new zealand it's it's sad to say it's only always one demographic that is uh publicly pushed and so a lot of my work deals with that as well so women in color in particular is a, is a big passion project of mine yeah um and i would just sort of love to um expand on something you just mentioned which is looking at i guess the main demographic of gaming and i've heard you sort of speak in previous interviews about how you yourself are very different to the typical mold that we see you know that white male gamer that like you said is often on the covers of images and in ads um and yeah i would love to really get your perspective on yeah as a woman of color and someone who really advocates for that i guess what things do you think need to change do you think that those bigger organizations do need to diversify not only, I guess, the types of people they're marketing towards, but even within themselves? Do they need to be hiring, I guess, an inclusive variety of people? And like you said, um, what can the gaming community do? What can gamers do? Yeah, I think um, I think you've covered all the points that, that I would normally make um, when it comes to what we can do. The, you know, the bigger companies obviously have the resources to look at hiring a more diverse team making sure that their team is representative of of gamers because you know everyone plays games it's it's not really something that has a barrier to entry um other than maybe financially but 
you know, if you've got a diverse team in your in your leadership specifically, you can then work your way down. You know, if you've got someone in senior management who's of a different ethnicity from a different background, it just allows that kind of community feel within the organization, which then kind of trickles out because you can tell when when a company is really all about diversity and inclusion because all their messaging, whether it's in press releases or in community activations on social media, it's all encompassing rather than just, we're just focused on this one group and we just want to sell to this one group. Um, so I think, you know, having that kind of mix of people within an organization is really important because you can also then get different perspectives when you're making decisions. You know, you don't just have just one demographic in the room. You have the perspectives of all these different people from all walks of life. Um, so I think that's really important. And then obviously with, you know, uh, in terms of the marketing and, and how messages are crafted, it's really important to be embracing everyone. You know, the, I guess when you see those ads and you don't see yourself or anyone who looks like you, you kind of naturally think as much as, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to play a game. I'm going to buy that game. It looks great. There's that subconscious level of thinking where you're like, oh, but can I? Can I play this game? Can can I talk about wanting to play this game? Because on screen, I only see one type of person. So am I allowed? Um, I know for me growing up as a kid, looking at obviously back in the 90s, it was it was a lot worse back in the 90s. I never saw a girl on screen playing games. Um and so, you know, growing up, I was like, well, I feel weird talking about my passions because no one else like me talks about it. So likewise, now we are at that stage where we are changing those narratives, but a lot more needs to happen. And the best way to do that is making sure that what's being put out there is... Um, equates to who the community makeup is, I guess, who, who's in that community. Obviously, all gamers need to be represented so that everyone can feel like part of that whole community. Um, and as gamers, you know, as much as I would like to say, it'd be nice if everyone just accepted one another and just welcomed each other into the gaming community. You know, I really don't know what one way would help. Um, obviously, it would be absolutely amazing if, as gamers, we embrace the idea that, hey, opening it up to more people and welcoming them in means everyone can play, which means gaming will be a bigger focus um, as an industry. More and more people playing games means, you know, more opportunities to meet new people, more opportunities to, to do so much more in gaming. And so I think it's it's a mindset shift that needs to happen. And that can't be done unless you have the support from your gaming brands, the, the big organizations, uh, top influencers talking about it, um, people like yourself doing podcasts like this to, to challenge that, you know, stereotypical thinking. I think it's so important for these conversations to be happening almost on a daily basis. Something I really liked that you just mentioned then was this need for uh, a mindset shift i think that is something that um is really important and just my personal opinion is something that with the gaming community it really does need to be sort of reconstructed from the ground up in terms of the culture 
Um, and I would love to sort of get your thoughts. It's a very sensitive topic to talk about. So I've got a sort of specific angle I want to approach this from. But um, as I'm sure you're aware, there's been a lot of um, news about the workplace um, of Blizzard in terms of any, you know, sort of sexual misconduct or harassment, um, you know, citing a really toxic workplace culture. Uh, but just particularly, something that I found really interesting was things like the frat boy culture and this rock star mentality, particularly because I think it language like that really does showcase this sort of male-dominated idea of what the gaming culture is at the moment. So I'd love to sort of get your thoughts, I guess, on that idea of the the male-dominated nature of the gaming community and industry, um, and also just, you know, your thoughts on having these discussions about needing to change this sort of toxic workplace behavior in gaming. It's really interesting when you think of it that way, because it's almost like that all boys mentality, you know, it's like the boys club, um, like you mentioned, you know, frat boys and, and rock stars. And I feel like gaming has advanced so much over the last decade, at, at least to the point where if you're working in games, you're, you're not a celebrity. <laughs> you're not this, you know, uh, a rock star you're just a person doing a job and you get to do something fun yes but it's still you know just like everyone else um so I think that's that's the one thing that I find really interesting where I mean sure I I'm an influencer I get a lot of free stuff I get things that you know other people don't but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a rock star and I, I'm better than anyone else, you know? And I think, like you said, that's the kind of thinking that needs to change because you're essentially serving the community when you work in games. At the end of the day, you are there to do a good job to make sure that you put out the best possible game so that the masses can enjoy. It's nothing to do with you personally. I mean, sure, I get a lot of satisfaction from what I do. And no doubt anyone who works in games would feel really good um, with what they do. They get to do a lot of fun stuff. Um, but, you know, it really blows my mind that people think that they're better than anyone else just because they work in a particular industry that is hard to come by. Um, because it's not anymore, you know, it's not hard to to work in games anymore. There's so many different avenues. You don't just have to be a dev or you don't just have to work in a, a publisher's company. You can do your own thing, like what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so definitely that, that kind of choice of words needs to change. Um, obviously, like what you said is, is really true. From the ground up, people need to be looking at it as, hey, we're just, we're just human beings like everyone else. We're all here to do good work. We're all here to serve the community. What's the best way that we can kind of give to the community and give back uh, to those people who are consuming our work and consuming our games? It's more of that give and take type mindset as opposed to I'm cool. I, I get to work in games. Look at me. I've made the new GTA or whatever. Um, and I think once everyone starts to think of it that way, where we're all the same, we're all here to do a good job. That's when I think people will kind of change that whole frat boy mentality. And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're the cool kids. And so this is a cool kids club. No girls allowed. Like all of that is so old school thinking. Um, you know, it's it's very much, I'd like to think that we've all grown 
over the last decade to kind of see that as extremely toxic um, and should be kept in the past. So I guess it's also a thinking of, hey, you know, as we get older, we need to be wiser <laughs> and not just stay in that one mindset for the rest of our lives. We need to constantly evolve, constantly change and constantly improve. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really am quite disappointed that people use that as, as their kind of, I don't know, feel good way of being part of the gaming community because, you know, there are so many good things that you can do and that should be enough. At least that's how I think anyway. No, I love that. That's really fantastic and really compelling to hear you know, like you said, there's hope that it can change. It's just making sure that people are supporting that change, which is fantastic. Um, I'd like to sort of change it up because at the end of the day, we are talking about games as well. Um, and I have heard you talk in previous interviews about how you actually haven't been playing that many games, but when you do, you like to play games that are compelling and have meaning. Uh, so I'd love to sort of get your thoughts on what those games look like. Are there any games that you think have some really positive messaging? What have been sort of your favorite games in the past couple of years? Hmm. That's uh, obviously, it's, it's a very passionate uh, point for me because with anything that I love, there's always a deeper meaning to it, whether it's films, whether it's books, whether it's what I do day to day. Um, I'm a very emotional person, so I like to have that emotional connection. And so I think with games, um, very recently, Flight Simulator was that one game for me that I found really helped with, you know, just sitting back, de-stressing, relaxing, and not thinking about what's going on in the world currently, because it kind of takes you away a little bit when you get to travel to all these new countries and, and seeing, you know, the world from your bedroom, essentially, or your gaming room or living room. Um, you know, we're, we're currently living in a world where we can't travel. So it's kind of nice to be able to travel virtually. And it kind of makes you think, oh, well, you know, I mean, yes, I can't travel in person, but it's just so nice to kind of see the world still. And, and Flight Simulator is really good because uh, the world looks exactly like it should be. It's so well detailed. And so if, say, you wanted to go and visit the pyramids, you can actually see the pyramids fairly up close. I mean, obviously you've got a bird's eye view, but you know, you can see the pyramids. Um, you can, you know, go to the Great Wall of China. You can do all sorts of things. And so for me, that was really special. Um, and the recent game that I've started discovering is Psychonauts 2. I've never played a Psychonauts game before. And I, I really didn't like the, uh, the trailer when it was first released. I didn't think I would enjoy the game. It, I actually thought it was just like this, you know, kiddie game that I wouldn't enjoy because it'd probably be too hard and also um, the story wouldn't be compelling. I mean, I didn't expect the story to be compelling. And when I played it, it was just so amazing because the story was great, um, but it was what the game was trying to teach people and trying to teach the players uh, about mental health and how you think and how you can change how you think. You know, a lot of times, like people from, like me, I generally just automatically think uh, a certain way. I don't stop to think about how I can change my thoughts and my perception. It's something that I just, just do automatically. But this game kind of stops you and it's like, 
hey, you know, that, that negative thought you have, how about looking at it differently in this way, making this different mental connection, which could be more helpful? Um, so it's been really good, especially, you know, with lockdowns and things to play this game and then realize like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm thinking really negatively about the fact that I'm stuck in this room uh, with four walls around me. Oh, you know, but, you know, I'm getting to play games more. I'm getting to interact with people online. I'm still able to have some social connections. So it's all about changing that perception. And I think that's such a powerful impact that Psychonauts 2 has, um, you know, just reminding people that you don't just have to think a certain way. There are other ways to kind of see the world. And I absolutely love that. I think that's something so special that just shows that games aren't bad. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people say, oh, games are violent and they're terrible for you. They're bad for your mental health. But hey, here's a game that shows that, you know, gaming can be really good, can be really helpful, and it can actually make you feel happy. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make because I think, you know, you could argue that of any entertainment field that there's the good and the bad but I think video games particularly get a bad rap in terms of like you said you know there's that preconceived idea of all games are violent and the messaging is horrible but there are great games like you said Psychonauts 2 that can really be inclusive of other communities and can tell a really great sort of narrative and messaging so I really love that you brought that Mm. up Um, and like I said I love all the work you do in terms of inspiring women and women of of colour and so I guess my sort of final question for you before we wrap up is what's next for you? What, what are the goals in terms of bringing that, that conversation mm-hmm. to the forefront? What would you like to see be done in the next couple of years? Yeah, what are your plans moving forward? Yeah, well, um, my immediate goal is to try and grow Women of Xbox a lot more. Um, I'm currently, I guess, broadening the team so that it's not just myself and one other person running the community, Um, trying to get a lot more support from brands, especially Xbox, to try and uh, get some, I guess, staff members to talk about their career paths so that we can kind of inspire young girls to pursue careers in games. Um, I would love to host, you know, regular events and things like that, but obviously I'm just one person. So therefore I need, you know, some help with that, which uh, hopefully I'll get soon. Um, On a personal level, I would be very much keen to work with brands a lot more. I'm pitching to work with uh, multiple different brands to kind of have that representation. because you do see that there is a gap when it comes to Asians in particular in this region. So it'd be nice to kind of show that, hey, we exist. (laughs) Um, We are here, we would like to work with you. So, you know, please let's do some cool work together. Um, And then of course, I would absolutely love to just keep doing what I'm doing and talking to as many people as possible to just have these conversations because I think it's so important, not just for me to share my experiences and my opinions, um, but for me to learn as well, because I think that there's so much knowledge out there in the world when it comes to different perspectives and different mindsets. And it'd be amazing to just have all the women in the gaming community just sharing their opinions and talking about what needs to happen and hopefully you know we can do some good collaborative work together and make the gaming space a much happier nicer and more peaceful uh space for everyone and thank you so much anna for for taking the time to chat with me um 
I love all the work you do. And I guess for anyone listening who wants to sort of follow what you do, are there any socials you want to plug, anywhere they can find you and hear about all your upcoming projects? Um, Well, I mean, I'm pretty much active all over, but most people can find what I'm up to on Twitter. Um, You can just follow me at Miss Dares Geek. Otherwise, um, I'm sure you'll see me somewhere talking about all of this. Lovely. Well, thank you for chatting. Thank you so much for having me. I do realize I completely skipped your first question about um, how I got into games, but um, that's that's totally fine. I completely blanked and I just recalled that. So I was like, oh, no. Well, that's okay. Did you want to share quickly how you got into games before we wrap this up? Uh, Sure. I mean, it's really simple, really. I, I had four uncles. I grew up with four four uncles and uh, they were gamers and so I hung out with them a lot and uh, secretly when my mum wasn't looking they would let me play those games and yeah perfect well yeah thank you so much for chatting to me again and I look forward to seeing what you'll do in the future thanks so much thanks so much for having me and I'm so glad that you're having these conversations